0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 176 John the Baptist As Jesus grew, another young man was also growing up in Galilee. He too developed and matured in his relationships with God and other people. His name was John. People throughout the Judean hill country were interested in John's life. Their memories had faded a little, but many of them still remembered the time years ago when they heard that Zacharias the priest and his wife Elizabeth had a child in their old age. They remembered that Zacharias said an angel had appeared to him in the temple, saying that God would give this child a great mission. When John was born, God influenced Zacharias to describe what his son's mission would be. Zacharias said God would use John to fulfill prophecies, John would teach people to turn away from their sins and to serve God and be protected from their enemies. He said God would use John to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. John was not born with a limitless amount of God's Holy Spirit in the same way that Jesus was, yet he was one of very few people ever born with the Holy Spirit already joined with his human spirit. Powered by that spirit, John's mind developed rapidly. He submitted to his parents and learned from them how to put God first and how to live by the Bible. When his father and mother corrected him for his attitude or his actions, he tried not to resist them or ignore them. He tried to listen and obey. As a result, he learned from his mistakes and overcame his faults. John's education was different from that of other children. He learned from his parents at Sabbath and Holy Day services and by keenly studying the Scriptures and praying earnestly. But he did not learn the same teachings, traditions, and interpretations of the Bible that other young Jewish children learned. John grew from a miraculous baby into a sincere, honest, Mature boy, and then into a devoted, faithful, vigorous young man. Whether people knew about his miraculous birth or not, they recognized that God was with him. Many young men who had an interest in Jewish religion spent their time in study. They attended classes in synagogues, dressed in their fine clothes as they received religious instruction from the older priests and instructors. Some believed in the teachings of a religious group called the Sadducees. Others believed in the teachings of another religious group called the Pharisees. Some believed in other ways of interpreting the Bible. John was distinctly different. He did not belong to the Sadducees, Pharisees, or any other religious group. He didn't attend religious classes— He didn't even wear nice clothing or live in town. For years, John lived in the wilderness, away from the cities and villages. He lived a mostly solitary life, walking among the hills, woodlands, and streams, finding food, meditating, praying, studying, and occasionally interacting with people. He wore rough camel hair clothing and a thick leather belt. This was durable clothing for an active life spent outside under the sun, walking the hills, harvesting locusts, wild honey, fruits, vegetables, and other simple foods to eat. Most of God's servants did not have to live the solitary life that John lived. But God gave John special training because of whom he was preparing the way for. Compared to other people living in the cities and villages nearby, John spent far less time pursuing a career, buying and selling goods, and worrying about what others think. Compared to other religious men, he spent far less time with the established teachings of the religious schools, and he spent far more time with God's Word and God's creation. John was not connected to a prominent family— or a powerful religious group. He didn't influence people through popularity, fashion, or wealth. His unique birth, unique upbringing, and unique way of living distanced him from all those things, as well as the religious and cultural influences from Gentiles and even the Jewish teachers. John was an outsider in many ways, yet people came to him by the hundreds. One day, men, women, and children from villages and cities across Galilee packed up food and water, strapped on their sandals, picked up their walking sticks, and headed out the door. They traveled for an hour or more, walking away from their homes, businesses, orchards, ranches, and farms out to the Jordan Valley, where few people lived or worked. At a small, rocky outcropping beside the Jordan River, about three hundred people gathered. Some stood while others sat on the rocks. They came to hear John. John finished talking with some
1: of the men, then stood and faced the gathered multitude. Hello, everyone. I am glad you have come, he said. God has called me to warn you to repent of your sins. You are God's people. You must stop breaking his commandments. Stop living like the people in the world around you. Stop following the Romans and the Greeks and the other pagan peoples. Stop copying the way they treat their spouses, the way they educate their children, the way they do business, the way they govern, the way they entertain themselves, the way they dress, the way they speak. Come out of that way of life. Obey God's commands in the Bible. Live by his commandments, his laws, his statutes, his judgments. God's word has come to me here in the wilderness. I am crying out to you not just to repent, but to repent now. Many of you have heard me before, and most of you have studied the scriptures. Many of you have said that you know that you should start keeping the Sabbath better, or that you want to start giving to the poor, or that you are determined to break off sinful relationships. Those are just words. You must act. The people listening were emotionally and spiritually moved by John's
0: directness and sincerity. Some of you have been baptized for the remission of
1: sins. John continued, pointing to the waters of the river. I will baptize several more this evening. God has revealed to me that we must be baptized, placed completely under water, just as the Israelites passed under the water of the Red Sea to come out of the sins and slavery of Egypt and into the freedom of God's way of life. This is not a magical ritual. It is a symbol. It represents drowning your old, sinful self. It means giving up your life and surrendering it to God. It symbolizes the taking away of your past sins. This baptism, he continued, symbolizes you changing your thoughts and changing your actions to obey God. Yet this is only the beginning. The message I am delivering to you, your repentance, your baptism, all of this is just the beginning of the long journey you must take to enter into the kingdom of heaven. There is one coming after me who is far greater. He will teach you what you must do. As
0: the months passed, the news of John's message spread throughout Judea. Farmers, shepherds, housewives, carpenters, clerks, maids, merchants, tradesmen, fishermen, soldiers, innkeepers, and even children talked about John's example and his words. They agreed with his message that people across the nation, including themselves, were living worldly, sinful ways of life. God did not perform miracles through John, yet the miraculous way in which he was born, his words, and his actions were so powerful that thousands of people strongly agreed with his message. They believed he was a prophet. John's message also spread to Jerusalem and to the priests, Levites, and religious teachers across the country. They also realized that his words were powerful and true, but they had a different reaction. They had been taught different interpretations of the Bible. If they agreed with the teachings of this man from the wilderness, then they must admit that their own beliefs and teachings about the most important things in life were flawed. If these religious leaders admitted that they were wrong, People would lose respect for them and stop following them. They would even lose their occupations. Some religious leaders were brave enough to follow their convictions and admit they were wrong, but most were not. They decided they had to discredit John.
1: I am happy to see you sojourn so far to hear God's message," John said as
0: he welcomed the crowd. A multitude of more than one thousand people had gathered to hear John speak at Betabara on the East Bank. John noticed a few groups of men scattered toward the back of the crowd. Their clothing and behavior indicated they were religious teachers.
1: I speak to you about repentance, he said to the crowd. Your religious leaders, your priests and Levites, your teachers, the Sadducees and Pharisees, believe that they do not need to repent. They devote much time to study and prayer, but that alone does not mean that God is using them to speak the truth. Some have asked me, how can all these religious leaders be wrong? I answer with another question, how can they all be right? They disagree among themselves. They all say they worship the true God, yet they teach opposite things about him. John could see that his words angered the priests and others, but he boldly continued. Pharisees and Sadducees, you are a generation of vipers. You do not teach true, pure religion. You mix the holy scriptures with your traditions. You claim to speak for the holy God, but you ignore his command to admit your sins and repent. You talk about repentance, but yourselves should be showing the fruits of repentance in your own lives. Instead, you rely on the fact that you are descended from Abraham, while the God of Abraham can turn these rocks into descendants of Abraham. Stop being so satisfied with yourself and your religion. John continued, Stop trusting in the traditions of your predecessors, and stop hardening your hearts against the plain words of God. This is a serious time. This is an urgent time. Life is turbulent, but is about to become even more turbulent. The axe is at the base of the trees. Every tree that fails to yield good fruit will be cut down and burned. You, yes even you, exalted Pharisees and Sadducees, who trust that you are righteous and that others are sinful, yes even you need to repent. People in the crowd were shocked by
0: John's words. One elderly farmer spoke up. John, we are ordinary people. We have not devoted our lives to studying the scriptures. We have allowed ourselves to be influenced by the world around us. We are sinners. If the Pharisees and the Sadducees whom we all respect are full of sin, what hope is there for us? What can we do? John smiled and answered,
1: If you have two coats, give one to a man that has none. If you have an extra helping of food, give it away too.
0: The farmer smiled back. He realized the simplicity and beauty of John's answer. If you want to be righteous, do not talk about being righteous or appear to be righteous. Actually, do something righteous. In the middle of the crowd, a man wearing nice business clothes spoke up. I am a tax collector.
1: I know I need to repent. What should men like me do? You are assigned to collect a certain percentage of money for the government. John said, "'Collect only that percentage even though you are tempted to take a little bit extra for yourself.'
0: A strong man wearing body armor and holding a helmet raised
1: his hand. "'I am a soldier, a palace guard at Masada. Tell me what I must do to live righteously.' "'Do not commit violence against anyone. Do not use your position of power to accuse anyone falsely or to extort money. Be content with your wages.'
0: The people in the crowd were thrilled by John's message. They had been taught that righteousness was something that common people could not achieve, something that required intellect, advanced study, and privileges. But John had just told them that a farmer, a publican, and even a soldier could repent and be righteous if they drew close to God and changed their actions. What a practical and hopeful message! John's rebuke of the Pharisees and Sadducees caused a sensation. Some people in the crowd stayed for another day to counsel with him and to be baptized to show that they wanted to turn away from their sins. Others returned home, telling other travelers along the way and neighbors back home about John's godly boldness against the religious leaders of Judea. And others arrived at Betabara to hear John for the first time. For hours, the people hovered near John and excitedly talked among
1: themselves.
0: This has to be the Christ. He had a miraculous birth. And just listen to what he is teaching, straight from the scriptures.
1: He is free of the politics and the corruption of the leaders.
0: He's not even involved with the quarrels of the preachers. I think he's the Christ.
1: Not necessarily,
0: but he is definitely a prophet. We know that the scriptures say Elijah will prepare the way for the Christ. I've always been taught that this means he will be resurrected. I think John is the resurrected Elijah. Maybe he is actually that prophet. We know that this person will come before the Christ, so maybe he isn't the Christ or Elijah, but that prophet. John's teachings grew even bolder. They attracted thousands of people from all over Judea, but his work was about to become even more jaw-dropping. He was about to complete the mission he was born to do. To be continued in our next episode... And continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.